Good evening, Palace fans around the world. Welcome to the Red and Blue Review. Uh, my name is Jill Holyoke in place for Nick Philpot, who's bottled it tonight. Got family and friends coming around that he apparently forgot about. So I'm joined by Ian Lyons. Evening, Ian. Hello, mate. Yeah, all good. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be back once more. Good, good. Uh, Tim Richards. Hello, mate. All right, mate. Yeah, evening, everyone. Uh, and uh, everyone's favourite captain, of course, Jim Cannon. Evening, Jim. Evening, Joe. You all right? Yeah, good, good. Thank you. So, tonight we discuss what turned out to be a narrow 2-1 defeat away at Man United. A performance that got better as the match went on, but nonetheless sees us amount. Only five points from the last eight games. Uh, Tim's going to be in the chat tonight discussing pretty much everything that you guys want to talk about. And we will be coming to you quite a bit tonight just to pad out what is more or less a skinny show because uh, uh, the, the game... You know, there's not a lot to talk about, uh, but we'd like, you know, we'd all like to hear your views uh, a bit more tonight. So uh, this week we welcomed uh, some new signings: uh, Albert Sandy Sambi Lokonga from Arsenal on loan to the end of the season. Described everywhere online. I'll try to find out. You know, even on the Arsenal webpage, whereabouts he plays exactly, and they just he's described just as a midfielder. And 20-year-old uh, Nayariu Amada, a box-to-box midfielder, bought him from VFB uh, Stuttgart, uh, and he came through originally from the Juventus Academy. So two signings, not the centre-forward that I think everyone was hoping for, but uh, nonetheless, two extra signings, uh, young players, one permanent, one loanee, both for the midfield. Uh, just to clear up a little bit of housekeeping, the under-23s lost 5-0 last Monday to Man City. And in the Premier League International Cup, they lost 2-1 to Dynamo Zagreb. Um, good bit of experience, really, for uh, uh, for our club there, having European, a European side, which is good. Uh, and the CPO, CPLFC, uh, the ladies' team last week, lost 3-0 to Durham in the Women's FA Cup and 2-0 to Southampton in the league. So not the uh, the best uh, week for Crystal Palace, really. Um, Ian, yesterday's game, um, you can just give us... I know that you weren't there. I wasn't able to get there. I don't think any of us were there, but and the streams have been terrible. So we're going to try and give you a pretty much... a as best a synopsis as, as as he can, we can, from what we've seen, heard. Um, but go on in, fire away. Sure. Well, let's start with the starting lineup, shall we? So, as you can see, uh, Nigel's been good enough to put it on screen for me. So, Gaeta in goal again. Klein on the right. Richards and Gay uh, in the middle. They've been pretty solid, haven't they? Even though the results haven't been going our way uh, recently. Mitchell on the left. Decore in Hughes, and I think we'll be talking about uh, the blonde Messi um, uh, in a minute anyway. Uh, <laughs> Schlapp, Elise, Ayu, and Edouard. Edouard's playing up front on his own, just as we, Jill and I were talking about the other week, how he needs to play in the front too. All of a sudden, he, he gets isolated up again. Anyway, so that's your, that's your lineup. Um, and it was always going to be a tough, tough ask, I think, second time round, so soon after having played them. Uh, and especially as they're a team in form as well, uh, scoring goals for fun. Um, we probably got what we deserved out of the game at Selhurst, but you'd have thought that with that so fresh in the mind that we would approach this in a positive manner, and that didn't necessarily seem to be the case. Um, obviously, the game kicked off, and it was it, it, we had a few forays into to their area at the start, and then we suddenly started to, to sit back and sit back and, and let them pull on, drop onto us uh, and give them way too much possession um, than we should do. And after six minutes, it wasn't originally noticed straight away, but VAR went to uh, went to the desks and the people that obviously know the game better than most and um, gave a penalty. And uh, from replays, it was a penalty. There's no way that we could have gone around it. I, is it is it harsh to say what is Zizan doing up there? Um, probably, but and how close is Rashford? I mean, you can see from that that picture there, he was pretty close as well. So, 
uh, harsh or otherwise, it was a penalty, and it was only going to be one one uh, result from that. We went one nil down, and um, after that, it appears that we went into a shell uh, and continually giving the ball away, and then we lost all of our confidence. And I think this is something that's been permeating throughout the team is that we're trying to Vieira wants to try and play a possession based game, and yet we're struggling to have players that can actually give passes to feet or actually in front of the player. Too many times we are, you know, after the hard work of winning the ball back, we were giving it away. There was the odd time that Edouard got the ball up front um, before it broke down. And they were probably the best moves of the game for us in that we were actually stringing three or four passes together. But every time we got the ball, we was isolated. And Martin is, is, is obviously on fire at the minute. And he, very easily dispossessed Edouard. He found it very, very hard to hold the ball up and pull the team out as a result. Um, on the other side of things, AWB, Aaron Wambasaka was having seemingly a very easy game against our threat down the left. In fact, there probably wasn't too much of a threat and they were having to deal with him and he was actually doing more attacking than they were. Um, Tukore was being overworked. I think the the penalty given away has obviously impacted upon Hughes's confidence um, and Ducore was doing all the best he could, but he looked pretty lost with Schlupp and, and Hughes alongside him. Um, but on the positive, in the first half, I think after they scored the goal, even though they were up front and they could they could afford to to pass it round and probe and try and break us down, the defence actually didn't look too bad. And uh, Richards and Gay are, are looking a reasonably tight centre-back pairing in the absence of Anderson. And, and I know that Joel and I have discussed this many times about Palace finally playing a back three. And I think if Anderson comes back, then we've got, you know, the potential to to maybe try something different, whether Vieira will do or not, I don't know. But it'd be interesting to see in the chat what people think of Richards, because I think he's had a pretty solid introduction in the, in the few games that he's had. Um, and that aside, it... There wasn't really much more in the way of action up until halftime, to be honest. Um, it was very much them in possession, us defending deep, uh, a low, you know, a low press, uh, which they found hard to to break down uh, for, the, for the majority of it. And but we found it hard to then spring out because of our poor passing. So halftime, it was one nil. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with 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 a lot of that, mate. Um, I think. <laughs> We played them at our place, and and the difference just in just in a, in a few games, just in a couple of games, really, is that we played two up front against them, and then we go to their place where we really you can't sit back against Man United, not at their place, because otherwise they're gonna well they're gonna do what they did because we sat back and trying to hit them on the break, like you say, you need to have players that are on their game. Can 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 take a real fierce passing control turn, and then go and and against Martinez, uh, uh, as you've said, he's, he's playing well. Jim, what else could we have done um, apart, apart from what happens? What else could we have done there? Uh, played fifteen men, maybe. Uh, yeah, well, as soon as that first goal goes in. I mean, it's very easy to say we should get at them, but when you're playing against a team like Man United and they're passing the ball around you, nine times out of ten, you're chasing shadows. And then you start losing a bit of shape because you're getting pulled out of position by really world-class players, some of them. So, uh, I mean, I only saw the highlights. It just looked like they were in total control. They were passing around us. And I think that's always going to happen when you go to a team that's just won what, 12, 13 games at home on the trot. Uh, they're firing at the moment. So, it's 2-0 down, like, basically the game's over, isn't it? Until a player gets sent off in the second half. I mean, the players don't go out there with a purpose of sitting back. It's the opposition that pushes them back. And then it's a case of just having to defend as a unit. The second goal was poor for us to centre half you, you've just mentioned we'll, we'll discuss the, the, the second half in a minute um, and that second goal um, Tim, what's, what are people saying in the uh, in the chat you're on mute Tim 
Tim, you're on mute. Yeah, yeah, I realise that. I was just checking to make sure Tim was awake. He looked a bit tired. It's all good. Um, there's, yeah, it's um, a bit of a mixed bag. I mean, there have got people like Sam White who says uh, Richards has to keep his place, literally hasn't put a foot wrong and looks very comfortable. Uh, Paul uh, McNamara, um, Richards is very solid and adds a bit more pace to the back line. Uh, but then you've got somebody else I've lost it. Well, uh, Lee Clark, terrible defending for um, Rashford's goal. Rich has lost his man. Um, so I think there's quite of a mixed bag. Personally, I think he's been really good since he's come in. And, and like Jim said, you're playing against a team that what won, apart from against us at home, 12 home games consecutive they've won. Uh, yeah, you go out there and you put a team out. And when you're playing against that kind of quality you're going to get pulled apart. One of the things that I noticed was the stream that I had that worked perfectly, thank you. Um, it actually, they were saying at the end of the first half that Palace were very good defensively, making it very difficult for United. So, and I think like Ian Noble said in his uh, Facebook post, he said, you could tell that that penalty so early took, took the wind out of the sails. It, it knocked the stuff in a bit. And to be honest... I know in the questions group, there was a comment on a thing was made earlier. Oh, it's just like under Roy. Here we go again. Well, I disagree entirely because under Roy, the team would have capitulated then and we would have been 3 nil down at half time. So I, I, I don't think it's all bad. But anyway, there's a bit of a mixed bag in the chat, really. Jim. Absolutely. All right. Um, keep your questions coming in in the chat. Ian, second half, mate. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, as the boys have already alluded to, uh, the second half obviously had a bit more action in it. It was a bit more entertaining, certainly. Um, so, the half started. Vieira's obviously had his team talk. He's explained to them, obviously, you're 1-0 down. There's no way you're going to win this unless you actually have a go. Um, and they seem to be quicker, pressing a lot quicker, uh, higher up the pitch as well, and starting to give Man United some things to think about. 1-0 leads, obviously, uh, a very tentative lead uh, and the game can swing very quickly on depending on the next goal. Um, but unfortunately, the next goal fell to Man United. And, you know, and as, as some people have already said, Rashford, again, he, he didn't have many people near him in the box, to be fair, but the ball, I went, I used, perhaps should have done better with the cross uh, as it came in. Uh, and again, it's down that side. Uh, it's the second time they scored against us down that side. Slightly different ball because of the one at Sellers was in between the centre-back and, and, and the full-back. But nevertheless, they've obviously targeting our right-hand side. I think most teams will with the likes of Klein and Maud at right-back as well. Uh, you know, maybe people want to talk in the chat as to what we should be doing about full-backs and whether or not we should have got something in the transfer window. So 2-0 down. Man United very much in control now. They can just take their foot off the gas and and as Jim says, the quality of their players, they can just keep possession far better than we can because their passing is a lot better. And their movement, in, to be fair, off the ball is a lot better, giving options everywhere all over the pitch. Um, then five minutes later, 67 minutes, uh, Mateta and Eze are about to be brought on. Uh, and then all hell breaks loose. Uh, Schlapp, then um, was it Anthony? He body checked slightly late. No more than that. I mean, it's not his fault that... that, that yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to? Do you, I've, got, I've got a big thing written on this. Do you want me to interject there? Go for it, mate. Thanks, mate. So Schlup goes into Anthony, and it was a nothing. Just sees him off, but a bit, you know, with a bit of strength, and sends him spiraled into the dip. There's a, there's a, like the, the pitch at Old Trafford is raised. You can't really see it, but it does drop a couple of feet down where that lino is is uh, is standing. Um, but Anthony, obviously, you know, he goes down every time you touch him. He goes down like he's been shot. Um, so he's down, he's down up against the hoarding, holding his uh, shin like it's broken. But then suddenly he gets to his feet, runs at Schlup and and just sort of chests him. So he goes from broken, like literally broken, to handbags. And I have measured this quite literally this afternoon. In sick from from when Schlup gets him off the pitch to when he gets broken, and then gets back up and chests him six seconds. So he goes from mortally wounded to one in a, to one in a fight in six seconds. It's scandalous. And I think that's why, why, why the action was, was I don't even think Schluck got booked, did he? Did he get booked? I'm not sure. He might have done for starting all the egg. Um, but 
But anyway, so, I mean, it was just an all-out shove fest involving basically the entirety of both teams. Um, when the calmness resumes, the ref is asked by VAR to go and look at something. Um, and there's a few seconds of, of Casemiro holding Will Hughes by the neck with both hands. And within seconds of watching the replays of the VAR incident, um, with a backing track of Uar Cantona, which really pisses me off. But literally, they're stupid as mud, them fans up there for that. Um, Casemiro is indeed shown a red card. A bit pathetic, really, but it surely makes up for the straight red he should have received at Sellers Park for his assault on Wolf Zaha the week before. Um, before we carry on with the, with the second half, Jim, um, I know you're going to turn around and go, back in my day, you know what I mean? We'd have put real boxing gloves on, and they'd have been real, and there really probably would have been real punches thrown. But that was all the... And, and like something about nothing when it yesterday that, that that little melee. It, well, I, what I saw it was a bit handbags, wasn't it? Everybody pushing one another. I mean, I see the Casemiro view from the other side, and it almost because he's got a pair of gloves on, which makes his hands look even bigger. But it looked as if he had hold of his shirt. I mean, it was a ridiculous sending off. I mean, we'll we'll take it all day long, but. Uh, Referees and bar, I wish they would just all go home because they spoiled the game. <laughs> um, yeah, I wish they would go home sometimes. Um, Tim. Tim. Hello. Yeah. Um, for me, it's a red card all day long. In the modern football, if you put your hands up to a player, then it, it's the same as when Beckham got sent off in the World Cup for the retaliation when he kicked out and like basically missed the guy's leg and lightly grazed the sock he got sent off for retaliation um it, it was nothing it was handbags but that is the letter of the law and it's so nice to see for a change one of the big six clubs actually getting held to the letter of the law and not some fatuous non-existent oh well we'll let them off this time because of that so Okay, so all right. Well, yeah. well, Ian, while you're while we're giving your three pence on 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 just the sending off, have a look at the chat for us, uh, team. Um, hey, sorry, to, I know I've, I've just pissed on your second half parade, but tell me what you think of the of the red card. Well, I mean, listen, I, I, it's funny enough you could have written this for me, but because I said, well, it wasn't. I was going to go on to say it wasn't necessarily sh Schlapp's fault. Okay, it's a little late. We all like to leave a bit of afters on people. You know, it's momentum, isn't it? Momentum, Jim. That's what we used to say. And um, and but you're right. It's like a falling off the edge of a cliff at the end of uh, Old Trafford. It's about four foot from where the ball boys are to the top of the pitch. There's nothing he could have done about it. Um, and then, as Jim rightly said, uh, Casemiro turned up as the Boston Strangler with those gloves on, didn't he? And uh, and, and I think it's probably uh, the most influence that Will Hughes has had on on, on a match lately. Um, you know, being shoved around or rang around like a rag doll, but it was the right decision. I don't know, Casemiro for me, and a lot of the uh, you know a lot of the players at the minute um, that are certainly coming over from the likes of PSG and uh, and Spain and that they uh, they they're, they're fantastic players, but they're world class cheats. You know, they will spoil games left, right, and centre. They're exactly the type of players you'd want in your side but can't despise elsewhere because they don't need to do it. They think they're being clever by, you know, taking one for the team or what, just as he did at Sellers Park and all that sort of stuff. And then to have the front to then go, what, what did I do? You know, as he's trying to pull the gloves off and hide the evidence, you know, it's just ridiculous. It, it was a red card all day. And, you know, as Jim says, they're, they're probably not the, the best people to have uh, behind the monitors, but at least they got that one right. Um, so, and, you know, and then it made things interesting. But I felt sorry for Mateta because Mateta and Eze were due to come on. And then Mateta was told to sit down because then, um, uh, was it, uh, Laconga came on for Hughes and Eze came on for Ayu. So at least PV's done what we would have hoped he would have done uh, anyway, is that tried to influence the game by being more more forward thinking and more attacking. Uh, and and that's and that's how it proved. Okay, they were down to ten men, but we still had to take it to them. Um, and then seventy-five minutes, we get a corner. Gay uh, as a point blank saved, uh, point blank header, header. Sorry, saved by De Gea, which could quite you know for either side, it was that close. It could quite easily have gone in. Um, 
and then a minute later, another corner, and then uh, Schlapp turns the scores, top, you know, top of the goal, back in the net, and that's it, game on for the last 15 minutes. But it's at that point that, you know, while I was just talking about, about players being clever in inverted commas, um, they just start falling around like flies. Or everywhere, the slightest touch, falling down, rolling over. And then, as you say, you know, when we're attacking, all of a sudden they get back up. Um, and they were time-wasting, time-wasting it. And then it got to 90 minutes. And uh, I think it was seven minutes that was put on the board and derision everywhere. Well, that, I mean, if they hadn't been on the floor so long, it probably only been a couple of minutes. And even then, when seven minutes went up, I think they were on the floor for another two minutes. Um, and they just ground it out and they saw it out. And it's just, for me, it's probably like another lost lost opportunity. We're not, we don't have the confidence. And it's very hard to play as a team when you're low on confidence at the minute. You're always feeling as though you're going to concede the first goal uh, and then have to come back for that. But you have to run at players and and our passing hasn't been great i've got to say our um our transitions from bottom third to the middle third and certainly to the final third has been poor for for the majority of the season when we get it right we cut through teams and that's what we were doing for the vast majority of last year you know we were cutting to uh, getting the ball out wide the ball was coming back in um and then we were holding it up and we're giving ourselves chances and we i can't help but think that these two new players, certainly the other guy, the guy that we got from Stuttgart, looks to be more of a Gallagher-esque type of player, very forward-thinking. His first instinct, from what I understand and from what I've seen, is to move forward and to to travel with a ball. You know, a lot of the time we're trying to find that pass, but we, if, whenever we travel with a ball, players like Elise, Eze and that can, you know, they'll, they'll drop people on their backsides. And that is frightening for, for people. It, it's probably a bit easier for people to be touched tight to men and shut off the pass than it is to to be turned by someone and end up having to chase them backwards because that's not where they want to face. So, yeah, so 2-1. Um, slightly, were we hard done by? I'm probably not too sure. I think their quality shot and uh, maybe the sending off put a false perspective on, on our performance. Well, they took their chances and, and we didn't take ours. I mean, that, like you say, the, the extra time ball going up is always going to be met with derision because you know we we know that half of the ground needs to be in Manchester Piccadilly to be back in London before 8pm anyway um, so yeah it's another loss um, is this talk about the uh, Tim in the chat what people are saying about uh, about the red card and 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 um, and about our, our new players that, that, that came on um, what say the um, oh, I think um, pretty obviously most people are saying, yeah, it was a red card um, with handbags at dawn, but to the letter of the law, it was um, a red card. Um, a few people asking um, about the the two players we've got. Um, any idea why we get two midfielders and no forward from John Knox? Um, uh, John... CPFC, a Rashford twisted dive was a joke. I've just kind of sums up oh, the man. Sums up man. You know, well, I'll never forget the. I think we were still in New Zealand at the time. I think it was the uh, game at um, Old Trafford during lockdown, and there was that clip of or that shot of Fernandez going down like he'd been hit with a bit of tubo, but you know, a bit of wood. But when you see it, there was no one anywhere near him, and he just was cheating, uh, which is what which is what they do. Paul Holden raises a good question. He said, does anyone think PV is too calm? Misses the Warnock-style rounds on the pitch and interviews. Um, maybe something to that, which maybe leads on to Derry, and what happened with Sean Derry. Um, Mark Callaghan, when we get the chance to attack, we look slow and very predictable. Um, so there's quite a mix comments, and I know we're going to discuss that later. Um and of course, Graham Daniels, the ultimate. Did we miss Wilf? Well, I mean, this, this, this. I know we can. It's going to be the eternal question because probably in three or four months, he's. I think he's going to be gone anyway, unless we offer him our absolute record wages. Then the chances are he's going to be gone anyway. Um, 
but it's, it is a chance for for other players to to come in and for other players to come back. I mean, Jezrak Saki at Charlton looks like he's propping him up at the moment. Uh, I know one Charlton fan, that, the only Charlton fan that I talk football with, and uh, and he says he is far too good for us. And, and that, it would have took a lot for my mate to say that. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not too sure. I thought we put. Have you, do you know anything, um, Jim, about these about our two new players? No, never seen them. I haven't even heard of them. Okay, Ian, I saw you had your hand up a minute ago, mate. Um, yeah. So uh, regarding Graham Daniels, did we miss Wilf? Well, we're going to be missing him full stop at the end of the season. We got to get over it now. I think maybe the hamstring he's had, which is bad for him. And, and probably affects us short-term. It's probably a good thing long-term because it gives Patrick Vieira an understanding of, of where his squad's at with, with no Wilf and also what what who he needs to play where. Um, I just hope it doesn't then mean that we start losing game after and, you know, losing becomes a habit. Um, so I think short-term, yes. I think long-term, we're not going to miss Wilf, I don't think. I think... I think He's uh, he's over relied upon, and that that in itself is a weakness for the team. Um, as are the other two players, the Lukonga, uh, Lukonga, I remember he came on against us uh, at first game of the season. It was the first or second game we played Arsenal, and um, and he didn't look all that. He looked completely out of his depth uh, because we were giving it a good a good go uh, against Arsenal. Uh, the other guy, as I say, I've only seen bits uh, on on uh, video reel and obviously that's edited to the nth degree to only show his best bits but from what you can see of them um, I think he's probably I can see him working well alongside Decore um, I just don't know whether or not we've done enough in the transfer window I think that's the real key um, okay. as, I'll come on. to you in a second I'll come to you in a second Tim so just just quickly, go to uh, Jim, Ian, and Nina. You're saying about players and about Wilf, and and, and we, we've been saying for a while now about players stepping up. I thought Jeff Schlup had his probably his best game for a very long time for Palace. Um, I know you're a massive Wilf advocate, Jim, as we all are and as we all should be. Um, but you can see that he's coming to to the end of, you know, maybe his time at Palace. Um, did you think Schlup played? You know, did you think he, he, he took a step up yesterday? It certainly looked like it to me. Yeah, well, I, I, again, I only saw the highlights, but he seemed to be involved in a lot. In everything, uh, yeah. He was in the right place for the goal. He had a couple of little sort of cameo uh, bits and pieces. So, yeah, I mean, he's not a Wilf, is he? And uh, nobody knows what's going to happen to Wilf. He won't play for four or five games, hamstring injuries. I know people keep saying he's a quick healer, but it's a six-week job. And uh, so you, you're going to miss him for a, a good part now. Um, so we got, we've got probably got to get used to it because at the moment we don't know if he's going to be here. So the manager's got to be thinking of, of other people that he can put in that position. And maybe it's... I mean, I, I'm not sure. I'd like to see him maybe at least play on that side and just give him a go and, and see what he's like. I mean, he's got a great left foot uh, and he's got great skill. I mean, I'd love to see. It seems to be the modern thing. If you're right-footed, you play on the left and if you're left-footed, you play on the right. But we've got centre-forwards and when we play them, we don't really get crosses into the box. So why don't we play a leash and just say, all I want you to do is get down the line and whip balls in. Once he does that, you can start working on players to get in there if they're not doing it. But there's no point in trying it if you're not getting the crosses in. So there's a, there's a few things you can do. But uh, obviously, Schlappi, I thought, looked quite good. But I don't think he's the answer for that side of the park in the long run. No, I mean, you're right. He's not the answer. But I just thought he had a, he had a really good game. It's coming yeah, to you in a second team. As well. Yeah, Ian? Jim, can I ask you about Elise then, your thoughts on him? He's clearly an incredibly talented player, but is he a luxury at this moment in time? Do you think he puts enough in um, off the ball for the team? Um, we probably don't put as much in as like a Jordan Ayew, 
Uh, but he's a young lad, and I think his main priority is attacking. But the way we are playing at the moment, we're having to defend more. I mean, as an offensive team, we've done nothing since we've come back from the World Cup. And we weren't that good before we finished for the World Cup. So it's it's always going to be hard for them. And I think it's just a case of learning the role more and more. I, it, he's a lux, he's a, probably a luxury when you're really defending hard against teams like Manchester United. But when he's flying at home, you're thinking, why don't this kid play every week? But yeah, I, he's, he's a growing lad. He's a young boy and he'll definitely get better and he's got loads of talent. And sometimes if... The trouble is, if you've got maybe a couple of players like that, you can't afford that. You know, if Wilf's just having one of them days where he don't do nothing except moan at everybody and loses the ball and gets knocked over and, and he's not doing his job, then that's hard for a team to maybe have two players not committed to defending as should do. So he's, he's only a luxury if there's one or two others doing the same. With somebody like him, I'd just say, stay up there. I don't need you to defend. We've got plenty of bodies around here. See, I've always said, just put Wilf standing like like kids' football, stand him in the centre in the in, in the centre circle and wait for the ball to get whacked out, and then let him chase after it. Anyway, Tim, I'm sure there's quite a lot that's been going on in the uh, in the chat. So go backwards a little bit and tell us what you want to talk about. Yeah, um, person. Well, first of all, um, I think Elise needs to stop believing his own press a little bit and actually put a bit more effort in off the ball. Um, but I think we also, a lot of us, me included, need to wake up and smell the roses a bit when it comes to the transfer window. The problem is the board haven't backed PV because they don't have the money to back him to the level that is needed for our club at the moment. Simple as that. Parrish doesn't have the money. He doesn't have the ability to bring in other investors that have the money. So we're not going to be able to buy these players. And this is what annoys me with the academy. We keep being banged on about the academy. The academy is just there to make money for the club. Simple as that. It's not to feed the first team because there have been a lot of players that maybe do have the quality or or um, need to be given the opportunity. And they're not. They're loaned out. It seems to me that they made these two a loan signing and a permanent signing in this transfer window just in the hope that we can survive this season and then if you look at the number of players out of contract in the summer, we haven't got the money to replace them. So the only option is to bring some of these players back offline. You're, you're saying that. Um, I think if we, the, the three players that are probably going to leave, uh, who, who won't get offered contracts again, probably going to be Maka, uh, I, I reckon. But, but, I mean, we've got... Uh, Plange and Ahamada uh, and uh, and Raksaki to come back. Now I've got a feeling Raksaki will be part of the first team next year. I think he he looks like he's taking that step up. Obviously, uh, Ahamada is he looks you know from what I've seen um, he's signed a three and a half year deal, so it looks like he's going to be in you know in as well. Um, I think you know if if we get rid of not get rid of but we've got players. I think there's nine that are coming. You know that, that they haven't and may not be offered contracts at the end of the season, um, and that amounts to so I'm told um, to a hell of a lot of money, which will allow us to buy maybe championship players to bolster the squad as well as forcing us to use some of these youngsters. Because I think that's going to be the only way. I think it's it, it's it's going to be fight with this young team next year. Because you only remember, three years ago, we were the, or two years ago, we were the oldest team in the Premier League. And now we're nowhere near that. We're not buying huge amounts of experience. But the players that we are getting in, like Hughes, it's just bolstering, you know, just bolstering this squad. And if we can bring some youngsters in behind him... Just at that, you know, at that younger age, um, with a little bit of experience, that they soon learn fast. You either sink or swim in the Premier League, um, and we'll either, you know, we'll 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 be okay, or we'll do in Norwich and just get hammered every week. And you know, we, we we can then hopefully, with the money that we save from the wages that we get get rid of at the end of the season, can have a little bit of a war chest, maybe in the January window if things start going a bit bandy, Tim. And again, Jim, 
the question for you kind of from the questions group, I guess, this all today is could you, you know, with your experience of the club and as a professional footballer, seeing in Vieira's mind him not getting the backing that he was hoping, can you see him leaving the club before the end of the season or especially the end of summer if he doesn't get better backing from the board? Um, no, I don't think so. Uh, I would imagine that, I mean, I think all managers want certain types of players. Uh, a lot of them that they probably would love to get are way outside the remit as far as money is concerned. So, I mean, we've brought two players in. Most, I think most Palace fans say, yeah, all right, but we don't know them. And are they going to actually improve the side? They're probably more just to shove in there if things aren't going well. Maybe the lad from, uh, I don't know what, Bridges, where did he come from? The other lad? We've got one from Stuttgart and one from Arsenal. Stuttgart. I mean, he, he might be a, a player that you could shove in there and hopefully he, he, he'll look a good player. But in general, no, I can't see Patrick going. Um, I think he's, this is what, his second season. This season is harder because his team is a little bit weaker. And the two reasons for that is nothing to do with him. One is Gallica going and McCarthy not playing on a regular basis. Mm. Uh, we probably aren't that much different apart from them two players. So I, I would, I mean, all managers are going to moan at their chairman for not signing players or getting players. But I look at teams like, and I see a little clip on the page there, Brentford, Fulham and Brighton. Now, them three clubs, I've got players that, in theory, I've never heard of. But every one of them that comes don't cost a lot of money and go into the team and they all gel all together and look, make their team look absolute quality. So I wonder sometimes what we're doing. You know, we, you don't have to go and spend 30 million on a player because I know a lot of them Brighton players and a lot of them Brentford players and a lot of them Fulham players cost a few millions, but not 20 or 30 million. So when you say we haven't got money, we must have something in the bank to buy one or two of these type of players. I don't... Uh, <laughs> I can't play on. Anyway, so we'll, we'll, we'll get on to the, the two players that were bought in, basically, were added to the squad to make our squad 25. We only literally had... 23 squad players, first-team squad players. They've now been added to the squad to make a squad of 25. Um, and and the, the, the question coming from the chat was about uh, Will Patrick Walk. Well, I mean, basically, his he's, uh, end-of-match or post-match interviews are just sound bites that week in, week out are exactly the same. Um, and he was asked how important it is to win games. Um, he replied, we're not winning games. Uh, and we're not scoring enough goals. We need to score goals to allow us to win games. Uh, this, there, this is something we have to improve. Um, I mean, it, it, if you're not turning around and saying, give me another bloody centre forward, what are you saying? Um, you know, like I said, you know, in the, in the last 10 games, we've had at least two games where we haven't played a centre forward. Um, and in the games that we have, we've played one, we've not done a lot. And when we've played two, we've travelled teams. So, you know, I, I really don't know. Maybe he's playing both of them at the same time uh, uh, and, 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 and seeing it, it doesn't really work. And he shows that I'll play one centre forward up front um, and, and it shows that that doesn't work. Uh, and then he doesn't play any centre forwards and that blatantly doesn't work. So, Tim, what's the year you gain? Unmuted. <laughs> Team, you. Well, I don't work in IT. I, I don't know what I'm doing. It's all right. But looks like you work shows, in a warehouse, mate. Yeah, it just shows how thin our squad is, and it also shows that Vieira's got no confidence in our strikers. Because he, you know, if he did, he'd play them more. I mean, Mateta. I still don't rate Mateta. I mean, I see Mateta. You shake your head and you say, "Oh, you've got to supply them to score," but. They've also got to do the effort themselves, and they obviously are not. And he's not seeing that from them, or he play them. 
Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think playing playing one up front, we don't have players that can play. We don't have strikers that can play single guy up front. It's, for me, it's always about creativity, okay? And it's about that transition between that's what we're missing, someone who's really creative and forward. And as I said before, running with the ball. That way, the whole team pushes up, moves up, supports the one guy up front. And then even when he does hold on to it, he's got more of a chance of laying it off to someone. We have not created chances from the wing since the days of Wilf and Palassi, have we? You, you're saying about support. I mean, what do we need? Do we need a four? Do we need an eight? Do we need a ten? Well, or do we, need all, do we need all three? The problem is, is when you're playing with two defensive midfielders, you're already automatically in the defensive stance, aren't you? It's how you change when you're in possession. And we and we seem to be so... so I think, uh, oh, was it... Um, Mark, that said, we when we get the ball, we are so slow and ponderous at the minute that we're swarmed over before we get the, get the passes off. So anyway, that, that's as far, as far as the issue with regards to our current play. For me, it's about creativity. And that's what I'm hoping Amahada is going to give us because he looks as though he's a more forward-thinking player. Okay. Jim, how easy is it to, trans to, 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 to transfer the ball from the back three to the middle four, back four to the middle four, to the middle five to the middle one or two? How easy is it to get that consistent transformation going through the team? I know it's a, a lot of it must be about, how, about you know, if the players are mates, if they're having a good time behind the scenes. How, how easy in reality is it to, to basically – play fluid football? Well, it's easy if you haven't got any opposition. But unfortunately, when you play in the Premier League, there's people there who want to kick you all over the place. So we, we, our passion is very poor at the moment. You know, we get it into the middle of the park and we give it away. We get it up to the front man. He can't hold on to it. There's, there's, there's loads of aspects... That bring everybody into the game. You know, I mean, he's right. And when you see you know, Lisi, Wilf and Eze running with the ball and, and taking people on a bit with a bit of pace, and you get by them and suddenly everything opens up. But at the moment, we're not doing that. We're not actually getting past people. So everything's just into your feet and back again. And then you're trying little wonder passes that are getting cut out. And uh, it's just, we, as a team, we're just not gelling at the moment. We're not. Or passing lets us down big time. Well, I've just I've just seen a comment there from Simon Cribbin all the way from Canada. Uh, I know Simon comes over four, five, six times a season. He flies over for games. Um, evening, Simon. And so, I mean, he's saying it. he thinks it's due to a lack of fitness. Does it? Would it? Is it really that? Do you think? No, no, no way. They're, okay. they're fit lads. They're fit lads. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put that down to fitness. It's just bad choices. Bad movement, uh, players that maybe are not as confident as they should be. When you're winning games, it's easy. When you're not winning games at the moment like us, the game beces more difficult. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Tim, we're going to come to you again from uh, more from the chat in a second. Ian, Jim, as Jim just said, it's not down to fitness, it's down to choices. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a really good explanation as to, uh, you know, picking the right pass, picking the pace of pass. Picking the right, picking the right player. Well, what I urge people to do is to look when we're in possession, how many times. And listen, I, I, I know I'm going to get pelted for saying this. Ayu, he very rarely passes a ball in front of the player. It's always to him, which stifles the movement, or it's behind him because it's a poor pass. The same with Will Hughes. Will Hughes actually had a good game defensively against Man United, one that broke up a lot of play because that's his job. But he gave the ball away just as many times as he broke it up. And it's and that in itself is hard. You're working so hard as a team to get the effort in to break it down against world-class players. And then it's having that, that quality to actually alleviate the pressure on the team by, by turning players, getting, you know, passing between the lines, all that sort of stuff. Um, and Jim, I guess Jim, you know, Jim knows better than anyone. It's a confidence thing. And uh, when you're flying, you're flying. And it's almost as if you're not even thinking about the game. But when you're you're already set up in, with two defensive midfielders in the defensive, you know, sitting deep uh, scenario, you're just invited. It's like the Alamo at times if you can't get the ball. Um, and that's the time that you 
break the pressure. You take the pressure off you. Was when you get the ball, use it wisely, and everyone gets out the pitch. But um, if I can um, just quickly touch on PV, my thoughts on PV. He came to the club knowing that he's got to bring you through. So I don't think he's going anywhere fast. Um, Macca going at the end of the season. Well, Derry's just left. I'd like to see Macca as part of the, the backroom staff because I think he'd carry a lot. Of <laughs> yeah, I agree. Tim, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll cover um, Sean Derry in a moment. Tim, any more from the chat? Yeah, Greg Ellis, um, he says, Edward and Mateta need moving on. Enough time has passed and they can't cut it. Um, personally, I don't disagree with that. Um, Simon Krebin, again, when we had our breaks yesterday with Edward, the only other player getting up the field was Elise. Um, there was no service. Edward can't score, can score goals from Graham. So, again, there's there's a bit of a mix. It seems to be a real kind of... There's no one way or the other. There's, there seems to be quite a few comments either way. The one thing I'd like to say is I'm actually surprised Gel isn't wearing a black armband, purely for the fact that we didn't sign IU's brother. Uh, I, I know he's upset about that. Um, but yeah, Kevin Lyons, it always seems to me the players are too far apart. Players pass and don't look for the return ball, just admiring passes. So... A lot of this surely comes from training. A lot of this surely comes from what are, what are they doing during training? Because something's not gelling, is it? Can I? I'll tell you what. I'll I'll, I'll stick my tuppence in and say that when you watch the next Palace game, but watch it from a TV point of view. It's only because you need to be high up from a camera s point of view. Watch the other team when they've got the ball and the the options that they get given. They're, a lot of the time, the opposition, they won't hide behind a, a player, an opposition player. They will make space to receive the ball, go to the ball, or they will make a small run. We do not do enough of that. The other thing as well, that when we're in possession, if we've only got one player up front, um, a forward up front on his own, two or three, a, a midfielder can come back and two defenders can go there and then he is one against three. He's going to lose the ball 99 times out of 100. Well, we are anyway, unless he pulls out a bit of genius. So we we don't, and, and it's been proved as well because all the stats don't lie that we close down the absolute, we are 20th. We don't, we don't close down. Everyone else closes down and closes down in numbers. And the only time that we did close down was when Gallagher was doing it and then he encouraged Wilf to do it. And when Wilf started doing it and Gallagher started doing it, they both started shouting at everyone and everyone did it, which is why when we had those two on song last year, we looked like a completely different animal. Anyway, the Vieira thing for me... Um, there's, I think that, you know, I, I don't know, you might be able to help on this in a minute, Jim. Sometimes you get told stuff. But I know that, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure that my sources was, you know, not lying when he said that, that Vieira and Mateta had a massive row, which is why Mateta some weeks ago was completely left out of the squad. It wasn't injured, just left out of the squad. And this week we had a Sean Derry, um, I mean, literally, the top tier of our table with with uh, Patrick, uh, Ocean and Derry there, you know, they're the three guys that ran our first team and, and Derry is now gone. Um, I mean, it's a surprise to me, uh, but, and, and I know it's angered. He put Twitter, Palace Twitter into an absolute meltdown because... Uh, Derry being a first team coach, he's you know he's much admired and and really part of the Palace fabric. I mean, I was I was you know that the, when we played Sheffield Wednesday and it, 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 it just everything about Sean Derry epitomises what I want to see from a Palace player, from a Palace coach, from a Palace fan, from everything, and 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 him leaving. In a, it, was, it was a huge surprise. It took everybody by, you know, by surprise, and 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 I think quite quite rightly, um, it angered a lot of people. And, and I maybe the club. I know I know it's not the dumb thing, you know. They all try and keep everything in house, but you know, it's obviously for me they're butting heads. I mean, and again, it happens. I know it happens on the pit. You know, the training ground players having punch ups and arguments and everything else. 
And I suppose if you've got ideas that the other person doesn't like and you're at the top of the table, I don't know. Jim, I mean, you, you've been there pretty much seen it and, uh, 663 times with thousands of training sessions in between. Um, it, I mean, is it is arguments and punch-ups and everything right away throughout the club, I'm sure? Yeah, well, mostly between the players, not normally with the management. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, well, it wouldn't I surprise you, would it, with Derry and, and especially with Vieira? I mean, Vieira, six foot four, used to love a tear up, and Derry uh, weren't frightened of anyone. Well, the only, I mean, I only see what you see in the papers and on websites is that he wasn't happy with the way he was having a go at the players. If if that's true, I'd be very disappointed in Vieira for getting rid, rid of him for that reason. Um, it's like good cop, bad cop, isn't it? You know, the manager sort of is normally the one that rips into you. When when we played with Terry Venables and Alan Harris was assistant, you know, Terry would rip into you, unbelievable. And then Harry would take you aside and put his arms around you and say, don't worry about that. He's just trying to make you a better player. So, I mean, and I saw a comment that it was because he had a go at the players when we played Everton early on in the season. We lost 3-0. Well, if he did then, he would certainly have had a go at the players against Fulham because that performance was an absolute disgrace. If players aren't performing, they need to be told sometimes. Now, somebody said Patrick's mild-mannered and sort of likes to do things easy, but sometimes players need a rocket up the backside. So nobody knows what's actually going on there. But obviously, he's a big Palace guy. He done brilliant when he was here. Uh, he was a good leader. Um, so it's a shame that he's gone, but nobody will probably ever find out the exact reason unless Patrick came out and told you. You're right. I'm going to come to you again and the chat in a second, Tim. Ian, how much of a surprise was it when that came out in a week? Well, it was a big surprise, but it was just as much as a disappointment. And, you know, as everyone said, that's, I, I was at Sheffield, you know, Wednesday when... You know, Clint Hill took on half of Sheffield on his own, you know, and and, and Derry got stuck in, uh, and it's the epitome. If you ask any fan of any club, they say, I don't care how shit my club is, as long as my, you know, as the players and that team give everything for the shirt. And if things are to be believed, that's what Derry was telling the players. But today's a completely different animal. You know, players today are completely different animals to, you know, Jim's day or wherever, where you could, you know, you could have a tear up and then, you know, be best mates or maybe not best mates, but, you know, carry on and put things beside you. Now they've all got such fragile egos that, <laughs> you know, PV, I, I'm, surprised, I, I, I'm surprised that, that if, if it is true that Vieira is taking up, you know, PD, PD side of things because that goes against everything that he was and epitomised as a player. But maybe that's a strength. You know, I don't know. Who knows? But um, as I say, maybe, maybe you know, even though I did touch upon it, Maka, if Maka does hang up his boots or, you know, he's offered a place, maybe he'll be that that somewhere in between, is that he's got the enthusiasm, he's got the respect of the, the squad and the youngsters, he's been there, done it. And everything, but also he's probably a bit more articulate and savvy about how he will go things and about GM people up. So I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes these things happen for a reason, and sometimes ends up being a good, you know, being the best thing. Well, as Paul Bristow just said in the chat, maybe it'll it'll help sell Sean Derry's book when he eventually gets around to writing one. Tim, can you what's write? going on in the chat? Um, yeah, Lee Clark. Um, oh, I just lost it. Lee Clark was, I wonder if this is part of the problem, is the manager too close to the players? Um, I, I personally don't. It's the manager flexing his muscles, maybe. Maybe saying, look, I don't like the way you're doing things. I'm the manager. This is my way. If you don't like it, clear off. Um, players wrapped in cotton wool. Um, so there's not too I wouldn't say there's no anti-Derry, but there's not too many strongly vocalising any kind of support for Derry or or any kind of um, feel sorry for him. It's it's what the manager thinks needs happening. Um, it's a bit like what Ian's said in the past, the fascination with getting ex-Palace players back in. He doesn't understand that. Um, so 
yeah, maybe it is time for a fresh start. Clear him out, get someone else in, or just Vieira like just flexing his muscles a bit. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I mean, I just saw again another Facebook user said, "Great players don't make great. Sometimes don't make great managers." Um, I'm not too sure. I'm, I'm not too sure about it. Um, <laughs> I just only because you alluded to it, Jim. But it's <laughs> Terry Venables. How many times did he tell you you were shit? Never. Did he never tell you? What's the, no, what's he, the worst he just thing he ever said? Was brilliant. What's the worst thing he ever said to you? <laughs> You're crap, probably. <laughs> oh God. Um. Uh, I mean, there's there's so much there's so much that we could that, that we can just surmise about what goes in uh, uh, what goes on in the background. But I mean, you know, we, we'll never know we'll never know the truth. But anyway. Uh, unless there's a lot going on in the chat, I'm going to wrap this up. So, Tim, you're going to get the last say uh, for this evening. Um, well, go on, have a look. Just Ian, just quickly, Tim, have a look through the chat. Can we have a quick, quick two minutes on the, the game coming up, Brighton? We can. Do you're going to you're going to you you want to talk about how McAllister, the World Cup winner, is going to destroy us? Probably the one that cost no, about thirty eight quid. Uh, Solly March is finally better than Wilkes. Aha! After all these years. Um, I've got to go back and I've got to give them cute and I can't believe I'm doing this, but I think they're going to tear us a new one. Um, I think they're playing really well. It's the first time in decades they've got the upper hand on us. Fair play. Um, Jim's touched upon it. Their recruitment has been superb uh, and it's something that hurts to say we probably need to take a leaf out of their book. But I, I'll be more than happy with a point. You're saying that about their recruitment. If we can go to Brighton, then I mean, McAllister will go for a chunk. Is it Casemiro that just turned down 70 million from Chelsea? So you know that he'll go. He'll go. They bought him, they bought him for six, eight months ago. Yeah. I mean, but, but the thing is, as, as Parrish once told us, you know, that the, the, there's a price between uh, a, a Premier League club and anyone. So anyone coming into the Premier League, there's a, there's a large price. There's always uh, an add-on to, to, and then between Premier League clubs, the slush fund between them, it's always ridiculous. Apart from, I mean, I was saying that even to us, you know, when Aaron went for just short of fifty million quid, you know, it's it, 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 it's a ridiculous amount of money. But if they keep selling players like they are for huge amounts of money, you know, you can see now why why they can afford to recruit from from wherever. It does seem that. Like you said, Ian, that we, after decades, and it is at least 30 years, what it, it does seem to be now that they probably are in front of us as a as a club, infrastructure-wise. I'm not going to say, you know, as a, as a football team, maybe, maybe this season we, have, we might have to concede that they are the better. It, it will tell. It hurts. I mean, I'm just glad it ain't Charlton. I'd have to throw myself off this table if it was Charlton, mate. But being Brighton, I can suffer it. Got a lot of Brighton friends, a lot of Brighton family as well. So, but Tim, sorry, mate, we do digress. What else is going on in the chat? Well, I've got to say, this is um, Wendy's coming with me on Saturday, and this is my first live game against Brighton since the eighties. So, um, I'm hopeful of a win. Uh, there's a bit of a mixed bag. Some people are saying nil three to Brighton. Others are saying we're going to win. So. Nothing too much more, just the usual anti-Brighton stuff, really. Okay. Um, so, just really quickly, I'll start off, get some results. Uh, what you think, uh, Tim, because there will be loads just flying through, and you will get the last say before we shut down. Jim, versus Brighton, score, please. Uh, we're going to win 2-1. Ian? Man, I love your confidence, Jim. Um I we're going to be it's two nil, two two. I say, Tim, what do you say before you go to the chat? Uh, I agree with Jim. Two one to us. Okay, chat. So uh, Daniel um, Garlic two one against Brighton victory for us. Lee Clark one one. Um, somebody else like I can't said we're going to lose three uh, nil. Uh, Kevin Lyons nil nil. Um, Mark Callaghan will take a draw. John PFC win a lose 2-0. Um, Paul Holden predicts a riot. 
Um, so, yeah, who knows? Right. That is it. Next game, Brighton. Pray. I think that's all we can say. Thanks for listening to, uh, listening to us waffle for the last hour. Um, hopefully, Mr. Philpot will be back. And if not, someone else will be in his place. Um, it's been good. Jim, thank you for stepping in late. I know. Ian, thank you for stepping in even later. Uh, Tim, thanks for taking over the chat. Uh, my name's Jill Holyoke, and we are done. Good night. Off to see Happy Valley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>